Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. This episode is sponsored by the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation. Amarillo EDC promotes business expansion in the greater Amarillo area to build a stronger economy and increase the wealth of the community. You can learn more about the ways that Amarillo EDC is attracting new business and industry by visiting AmarilloEDC.com or following at AmarilloEDC on social media. Today's guest is Manny De Los Santos. Manny is the pastor of Power Church on Southeast 10th between Ross Street and downtown. He's also the organizer of the Barrio Bash, a huge free block party this month, and he's involved in a bunch of initiatives to strengthen that community. There are a couple of things I really like about Manny. Number one, he didn't start out as a pastor. He was an entrepreneur. And second, after starting his church several years ago, Manny reached a point where he stopped focusing on church growth and turned his attention towards serving his community. And he's passionate about that. So we talk about all this stuff in this episode. Here's Manny De Los Santos. Manny De Los Santos, welcome to the Hamarillo podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks. So I want to talk to you about your church. I want to talk about all the different things that you're involved with in this community. Uh, But before we get there, I'd I'd like to just sort of hear about you as a person. So tell me how you ended up here in Amarillo in the first place. Yeah, so I was born here in 76. You know, my dad worked at Bell Helicopter here, and my mom worked at Levi's. So went to Oakdale Elementary, went to sixth grade at Bowie Middle School, Went to sixth grade twice at Bowie Middle <laughs> School. and um, Because you just really enjoyed yeah, it. I right? loved sixth grade, man. And so I uh, went to the sixth grade at Bowie. And then my dad, you know, then Bell Helicopter closed down, right. closed here in Amarillo. You remember that? And um, so my dad began to, you know, work odd jobs here, uh, deliver furniture and stuff like that. Um, but both my parents got married at a really young age. They, they got married. My dad was uh, six, 18 and my mom was 16. Wow. And so they didn't finish high school. My dad was a senior at Caprock. Uh, my mom was a eighth grader, I believe, at Fannin, and then spent about a week at Amarillo High. Hmm. And so they both, you know, ended up getting married, got pregnant. And uh, so it's kind of hard for my dad to get a good job. So he worked like several jobs. And so in that process, they both went to Region 16 and got their GED. Getting their GED, then he was like, hey, we've got a uh, my dad had an opportunity to go with Bell Helicopter in Dallas. And so at 12 years old, we moved to Dallas. And uh, so that was cool. You know, all I ever knew was, you know, Southeast Amarillo. Uh, we didn't really, you know, go to the mall. You know, the mall was real new at that time. We didn't really go to the mall very often. We didn't, TGNY, Furs, uh, grocery store, mm-hmm. um, where, where we kind of hung out. You know, so we moved to Dallas and it was just totally, total shock. Fast forward, went to, you know, high school, college, and then met my wife. My Bell helicopter was going to reopen in 2000 here in Amarillo. My dad had kind of matriculated up the scale of uh, seniority, and they asked him if he wanted to come over here and be a supervisor back in Amarillo. And so, you know, my wife's not from Dallas. We have no family in Dallas. So, you know, after I got married, we're like, hey, you know, my parents and brother and everybody's moving to Amarillo. Let's Let's go to Amarillo and give it a shot. So we came here in 2000, and my parents discovered they hated it here, hmm. and they lasted a month. Wow! And moved back to Dallas. They okay. got a job. Both of them got jobs with Lockheed Martin, 
uh, missile defense company. And so since 2000, me and my wife have made Amarillo our home, worked with, uh, you know, uniform companies, all, all pre-church stuff, man. You know? Yeah. So what were you doing? I mean, yeah. when, when you moved back here in 2000? I was working, I was delivering uniforms. Okay. I was delivering uniforms to Hereford, to cavernous meat packing. And so I deliver clean white uniforms and pick up bloody uniforms. Yeah. And in the summers uh, in Amarillo in West Texas, you leave bloody uniforms in the back of a little box truck. I can imagine. <laughs> it was terrible, man. Well, I mean, tell me about the decision to stay here, even though you followed your parents oh. back, and then they took off. I mean, why did yeah. you not follow them back to the Metroplex area? Yeah, so my wife, when we moved over here, she was um, seven months pregnant, seven, eight months pregnant. And um, we moved here, and, you know, I was a teenager in Dallas, did everything you could possibly do, not good. Mm-hmm. And um, the environment that I was raised in wasn't the best, you know, environment. My family was great, but the choices I made were dumb. And so my wife was about to have a baby. Um, and so we were like, you know what, this is probably a slower pace. So let's raise our kids here. And then we, you know, we had, uh, we created great friendships. So we, you know, fell in love with the city, fell in love with the community. Um, you know, things happened. I opened up several businesses here in town. We owned um, 10 retail stores here in Amarillo when we first moved, you know, the first year we were here. And um, we sold cell phones. So okay. all my buddies, you know, that know me now, before I was Pastor Manny, I was cell phone Manny. Got I it. was the guy on the block on the corner selling cell phones. And then we began to grow and open up all these, you know, Hereford Canyon you know, Dumas, we opened up all these retail stores. Did did you always have sort of that entrepreneurial bent? I mean, where yeah. you, you saw an opportunity and you said, okay, this is a need that's not being met. I'm going to go do this. Is that? Yeah, yeah. So the the thing, we, we started, we were on Emerald Boulevard. It was like, hey, you know, all these, you know, Sprint and all these other dealers, you know, it's never Western Wireless and AT&T. Right. And it was singular. You know, they all, they were all on the west side of town. And so we're like, hey, let's open up some, cell phone stores on this side of town capitalize on the lack of interest that others, you know, were putting over here on mm-hmm. the north and, e- and east side. And so we opened up on the Martin Martin Road, on 27th and Osage, I-40 and Grand. Those were kind of our initials. And then we began to go out into 45th and Coulter, Olson. You know, we just, we, we kind of grew that way. Mm-hmm. That was always, it's always been part of me, man. I used to sell pencils in middle school, you know, yeah. to make money, you know, everybody, you know, sell candy. I'd go buy uh, Hubba Bubba, you know, they come in five packs and I'll break out the five packs and the individuals and sell those individuals for, you know, 75 cents a piece of gum, you know, so I was always trying to make money. Then, you know, we came over here and just you know, started doing that and it was great. When you moved back here, did you move to the east side of town? I mean, was that where you sort of planted? No, you know, we, we initially, we moved to um, right off of I-27 and um, Bowie right across okay. the street from the Emerald Montessori. Okay. Yeah. And so we, we stayed there for a while, and then we moved to um, closer to San Jacinto area, Ninth, and then we kind of made our way over here. And those those were we were renting, but then when we decided to buy a house, and we was like, hey, this is where we're gonna live. This is gonna be our home. We moved, and, and our realtor showed us houses. Man, we qualified for any side of town, but I just felt like just felt you know I wanted to go live on the east side. Now, remember I told you I went to Oakdale uh, Elementary, so. Where we lived, they were building a new housing development right by our house on 34th and Grand, right? Right. Uh, right by Comanche Trail. So they were like, hey, this. So for me, we didn't travel far, you know, as a family. We didn't go on the other side of town. We kind of stick to our own and the Oakdale side. 
I watched those guys start building these new houses on 34th and Harrison Hill, you know, right there mm-hmm. by Rick Klein and all that. And so to me, that was a rich side of town. So I was like, man, they have glass green doors and doorbells. I mean, that they guys got it together, you know? And so as a kid, I would ride my bike watching those. And so I thought that was a rich side of town. So I was like, one of these days, I'm going to get it out. So right. yeah, fast forward, you know, several years, our realtor showed us all these houses, And I went and I said, hey, this house right here is, I watched this one get built. I want this house. Wasn't for sale. So I, my realtor, we pulled over. She got out of the car and knocked on the door. Because I got a guy who wants to buy your house. But believe it or not, they're like, cool, let's sell wow. it to him. And so we, that's where I live today. Okay. You know, at that house we drove by and it was, it was cool, but we just fell in love with the city, man. And, and then, you know, we begin to have a burden. I begin to have a burden for people and hurting people and disadvantaged, overlooked people, underserved mm-hmm. situations and communities and um, started to raise a flag. And so I had a radio show. I, I got on the radio and 88.3 uh, Ricky files mm-hmm. radio show uh, or station and uh, I would begin to throw me these comparisons. Like, hey, I threw some shoes over here on the east side of town around a telephone pole. Right, right. And um, then I went to the west side of town, threw some shoes on the same on a telephone pole over there. And I was like, I'm going to sit back and see which ones come down first. Right. Within less than a week, the ones on the west side came down. And heck, man, I bet you money those other ones are still, still there. <laughs> and so I began to, and I, I didn't go to high school here, right? And so me and my wife, we'd see the lights at Dick Bivens on, and we're like, hey, let's go watch a football game. We had no skin in the game. We just wanted to watch football. I love watching football, and high school football is cool to me. And so we'd go, and we'd watch uh, different schools from one side of town run out of an inflatable helmet with smoke coming out and right. just charge the field. And then we see the other side of the schools running through a handmade paper banner. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Uh, same city, different sides of town. And so that kind of stuff would begin to jump out at me like, man, you know, I'm from South Grand Prairie Highs where I went to high school and Grand Prairie has 190,000 people, but only two high schools. You're in a bag of all kinds of, you know, rich, poor, black, white, brown. Right. You know, it's all mixed together. So when I came to Amarillo and I, I was a kid. So now I'm an adult here noticing, hey, what the heck? Dude? Yeah. I begin to just kind of throw my hand up a lot and be like, what's going on? You know, what's the deal? And did did you have a background growing up and seeing those sort of things? I mean, did did you have that sort of religious or spiritual bent to care about stuff like that, um, or was that sort of a, a process of growth? Yeah, so I come from a long line of pastors. Okay, like my my great grandfather was a pastor. My grandfather has been a pastor in Amarillo for forty years. Um, my dad was a pastor in um, Grand Prairie. Okay. Um, so that, that was built into yeah, your family yeah, then. Yeah, And I went, after high school, I went to Bible college. Okay. And, you know, I went to Christ for the Nations. And in Christ for the Nations, I had a girlfriend and got her pregnant. And so obviously had to make some, some moves that, there. That sends you along a little <laughs> bit different path. Yeah. Had a jump ship there. But but I've always had the, a passion for Christ and to see people's life improve. And at a certain age, you just kind of hit that, you know, I'm able to do something about it. Uh, I might not have all the money in the world, might have a skills world, but I have a voice. And so I begin to use my voice to encourage people, to push people forward, but also begin to say, hey, this is this is not right. We need to make some adjustments and changes in the communities, in the areas that we serve. And so my grandfather came to me at 20 in 2012 and he's like, hey, I'm 77 years old. And um, I've been pastoring this little church on Arthur Street for 40 years, 40 years plus. 
and uh, I'm ready to hang it up. Um, would you consider you and your wife consider taking it over? And we'd been in the ministry already. You know, we've you know I've been preaching all around communities and mostly on the north side of Amarillo. But then you know as ministry began to grow, I began to go out of town and speak and. I've always done stuff like that. What size was your grandfather's church at that point? At that time, it was probably running 20, 25 people. Okay, pretty small right? church. Pretty then. small church. Everyone, I'd say 50% of the congregation was over 50. Okay. And um, the other 50 was over 60. <laughs> so <laughs> it, there was an older church, very you know traditional, I mean, good Pentecostal mm-hmm. church. And, and it was in Spanish. It's a Spanish right. name, you know, Iglesia Betel. And that's, man, we would come to Amarillo when we would visit, and it would just be so cool to go out to my grandfather's church and, you know, and watch my grandfather get up there and minister to people and give it all he's got, man, 100%, 100% of the time. You know, we'd watch him, and we'd support him, and we'd do everything. You know, if we needed a cable run, we'd run it. Anyway, so he asked me to do that, and I was like, okay. Our first day, he's like, all right, this is Pastor Manny. This is his wife, and you know, we he began to introduce us as like he's transitioning this church over to us, and it was a great deal. My family came into town, and and it was great. And so the first week, I'm I'm like, hey, thank you guys for being here. You know, my Spanish is terrible, so I can't really invite all my friends to Iglesia Betel. So um, change the name to Power Church. <laughs> Day one, I'm writing a book too on what not to do when starting a church. Yeah, and that's probably uh, yeah. not don't change not the a name. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Don't change the name on first day on the job. Again, we had 25 people at particular at that time, Spanish speaking. Some of my family was, you know, part of it. The next week, the next Sunday, there was only seven that showed up, uh-huh. and they were all blood relatives. They were like, they had to come. It was a kind of scary time. Like, all right, God, did you really call us to do this? Because we have uh, this whole thing happening, and and now it's kind of looking scary on just week two. You know, we did what we had to do. We painted the church, you know, redid the stage and all kinds of stuff. And But then we just continue to care for people. Mm-hmm. And that's where the big difference began to happen. We begin to care for people, begin to just kind of encourage people, speak life into people, hope and purpose. And people just started showing up. You know, we, it was a slow grow. Initially for the first couple of weeks, you know, it was just kind of very questionable, like, what are we doing, you know? And then someone gave their life to Christ. And then the next week, three people gave their life to Christ. And all of a sudden, our mission became, hey, you know what? We're not going to really grow by, you know, transition from people coming to other churches. Our church is small. It's run down. It's, it's you know, we're doing the best we can, but we're not going to, we're not an attractive church to come to. People are not driving by going, hey, that's a cool church. I want to go check it out. Right. People are actually driving by and they're like, they, they would come in like, I didn't even know this was a church. You know, it a, it's a small building. People started coming, man, and it was crazy. We just began to watch five people get saved and ten, and and that's how we began to grow our church was through salvations. And then we we filled that little church up. It said about 110 people, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we And we filled it up within the first year. It was full. Then it started getting too full. Like people were standing in the four-year area. We, we opened the windows, a couple of services, just so people would stand outside and listen you know, to the worship and the word. And people just continue to come in and give their life to Christ. And it was great. And then we off, we started another service. And so now we're running two services and, and that's starting to fill up. And then God distinctly told me this. He's like, stop trying to grow your church because there's nowhere to put anybody. 
Stop trying to grow your church. Grow your community. Hmm. That's when everything shifted. That's not a message that a lot of pastors no. seem to get, or no, no. whether God's trying to tell them that or not. Yeah. That, that church growth seems to be the driving force behind a lot of things. Yeah. And so your your driving force became the community. Yeah, yeah. I would, man, I would stay up late at night thinking, how can I get more people into this church? How can I get more people to you know support the ministry financially? And and I would just think, man, you know, you know, we're, we're on the east side of town, blue collar workers. You know, they're struggling to make their payments and their bills, you know, and all this, all this, how can I, I'm staying up strategizing. And then God just like, stop, stop. You know, if you, even if you got any more people here, you're going to make them stand outside, you know what I'm saying? Open the windows and it makes for a cool story, but it sucks to be that guy standing outside. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, God just says, start building your community. And so the first thing we did was let's offer um, GED classes. Let's offer English as second language classes. Um, then we took it a step further because everybody offers GED classes and ESL classes. I mean, Region 16 was at our back door at that time. So then it was like, let's let's. What are other churches doing? Let's not do what they're doing. Let's do something different. Hmm. So then we started a addiction recovery. Like, let's get down and dirty and talk to meth addicts. Then we started a gang intervention, where you know, you know, stuff that. A lot of people, a lot of people do the clean and easy stuff, the mm-hmm. pretty stuff that looks good on paper, but not really many people want to go into a, a house that's full of gang members and be like, "Hey, um, your mom called, and she sent us she's to come and get you out of this house because she's not going to let you go into this this lifestyle." And we we were drawing a lot of ex gang members. That's why we could do that. It was not just you know a bunch of you know preppy guys walking right. into gangster. We we were drawing you know, senior gang members in some of these gangs that were in town and they had a lot of respect from a lot of the Be- younger. Because you were known yeah. from the work in the community. I mean, you weren't yeah. just coming in, well, here's, here comes the pastor guy, but yeah, no, you, you had a, a reputation. Usually, yeah. I'd usually let other people go in, for, in front okay. of me, you know? And so we would, we would, we started this stuff, man. And we would, we started the, the whole, let's not do what other churches are doing. Let's be a blessing to the community. You know, most churches are trying to just keep their doors open, mm-hmm. make sure everybody gets paid, make sure all the bills are paid. You know, they're in maintenance mode. Well, we're, our, our church is built on outreach to the city, outreach to the community. And so we started these, you know, addiction classes, man, and they filled up quick um, with people saying, hey, I need to get off meth. We had a sign outside of my church that said, I love you more than your drug dealer does, God, you know, and um, you want to get off dope. We have hope come in here. You know, just this most random, cheesiest saying yeah. you could think of. But, but you don't see those signs no. on the southwest side of town. You don't see those signs anywhere. You know, they're not just southwest side. You don't see those signs anywhere because people don't want to invest the time into an addict, you know, who has a wife and kids who are worried. Like, is my dad coming home in the next four days? Is my dad going to go and go make go do a run? And we, we don't see him for, he stays awake for three or four days. And where's my dad? Is my dad going to make the game? So we have to make an investment into that person and that family. Anyway, so we started doing all that, and more people started coming. Yeah, it was a guys like stop trying to grow your church then and grow your community, and we started trying to grow our community, and then more people started showing up. So we offered this thing. We, we said, you know what? Let's be a bigger blessing. Let's do a barrio bash, the you know free block party. I made relationships with the police department, the fire department, the city of Amarillo. And they would come out, the police, the chief of police is out there sweating over a hot grill, making 2,000 hamburgers for the neighborhood and hot dogs. And, you know, the first year we had like 600 people show up. 
which was a big, you know, accomplishment for us. And then we, the next year we was like, Hey, let's give immunizations and let's do physicals and let's, you know, check high blood pressure and let's do all this stuff. And so the next year we did it again and 1200 people showed up. Well, last, last year we did this in 2017 and there was about 5,000 people that showed up and it's all, we're bringing in bands. We're bringing in, you know, we're spending the money. We're doing what it takes to get the community out of their house, bring a lawn chair and listen to good music. Take advantage of every nonprofit in Amarillo. They're invited to come, set up their booth, and spread their information and help people. Because this, we don't charge for anything. It's 100% free. Come and give information to this neighborhood, and let's get people out of their home, create true community. Because that's community. Whenever you get out of your house and hang out, right. eat a burger together, listen to good music, get out of your house, come take advantage of. There's a lot of good resources in Amarillo. We're not trying to be the epicenter of of nonprofits and help but we know a lot of people in the city that have a great heart so we're bringing in family support services we're bringing mission amarillo we're bringing in just you name them they're coming to this block party to help people it's exciting to watch that happen so then that grew our church immensely because we cared about the community so we were at this little church then we were given another church on the north side of town so now we're running two services Mm -hmm. and we're not like uh, a big southwest church we don't have the technology we don't have the resources so what what I was doing at nine o'clock, I would go on stage at our Arthur Church and I would preach. You know, at nine thirty, I would go on stage and preach, and then at ten thirty, I'd make it up. They'd start praise and worship at ten at our Northside Church. At ten thirty, I'd make it over there in time to go and preach, and then I'd come back over here at eleven fifteen on Arthur Street to come and preach. And then praying for good traffic the whole way, right? Man, you know, I broke every law. (laughs) As I'm driving down Pierce Street. Sorry, officer, I've got a sermon to deliver. As I'm driving down Pierce Street, I'm blowing by everything. But, you know, then this, this, you know, 10th Avenue Methodist Church came up. It's on 10th and Roberts, where we're at today. And um, I was calling that guy, like, hey, man, your grass is like four foot tall. There's nobody been in this church. Can we have an opportunity to buy this church from him? He's like, no, we're going to give it to somebody in our conference. So I waited another six months. Hey man, we are dying. We need, we need help. we got people parking in the alleys. we got people parking. He's like, no. And then finally he's like, Hey, you know what? Let me get this guy off my back. So we, we went to have lunch. He, the church was appraised at like 500 something thousand dollars and yeah, blue collar church. You know, right. now we're trying to make payments and bills, not payments, but bills paying at two locations instead of one. Man, and so I, he, he's like, you know, this is what it is praised for. He's like, I'll make you a deal. You know, he took me and my wife. We went to Tacos Garcia, and he's like, I'll make you a deal. You know, we'll sell it to you for $250,000. I was like, praise God, that's great. I was like, hey, we came to offer you 200000 I just pulled that number out of my hat, dude. We didn't have, we didn't even talk about it. Anyways, we ended up shaking hands on $180,000 wow. that day. And I was so excited, man. I got a video. We got a camera out, and I'm standing in front of this church that we're in today. I'm making a video to show to our existing congregation, like, Hey, this is, we're moving. We're going to get a new facility. So I'm standing out there like, you know, we haven't even signed any papers, but I'm making these videos. Hey, power church this is going to be your new location. This is where our new home we're going to do. We're on addiction recovery. We're going to do all these things for the community. And then I had to start thinking about it. Wait a minute. We ain't got no money. <laughs> so we made a deal for $108,000. We have $0. Went to Amarillo national. And I went to the guy and I was like, Hey man, you know, we need to, we're getting this church. We made a deal with this guy. We need a hundred eighty thousand dollars. He looks up our account. He's like, "Manny, you have five hundred dollars in the bank. <laughs> Your offerings are not going to even cover the payment." And I was like, "Yeah, no, that's that's why I'm here to see you, man. Mm-hmm. I, we don't have the money, you know." And he started laughing. He's like, "Man, we're not going to be able to do it. We can't do it." 
I was like, man. So I continued to play that video at my church. Hey, Power Church, this is going to be your new home. Believe in God, you know. One day we're driving by downtown, and I, God just like, hey, go ask again. So I walked in. I got to the door of Emerald and Ashley, if you know, that they got the sliding door. So right. the door opened downtown, and I prayed. I was like, God, you know the neighborhood needs us to have this building. You know the community needs us to have this building. I just need you to make this happen. Anyway, I walked in. I was like, hey, uh, I'm back again. We still need that money. <laughs> He's like, Manny, man, what's the deal? He looked up our account. He's like, Manny, you you have uh, $700 in the bank right now, man. At least like, you'd made some money yeah. from, was, from was, the last time you were there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I know. That's why I'm here, man, $700. And the guy, he looked at me, and he's like, let's do it. Just like that. Just let's do it. And so he he we closed on this place, and I gave us a timeline because our first bill to the bank was was in November. So I was like, hey, this was in September when we closed. I was like, we got we have seven weeks to flip this church. This church hadn't been open for 15 years. You know, it was just closed down, dusty, dirty. Every rodent that you could possibly imagine living here was in here. Windows are broken. It was bad. So I went and told my church. We closed on it. And for seven weeks, 250, 300 people that we had, we all came in here and put some blood, sweat, and tears. And November 6th, we opened up here. And November 6, 2016, we opened up our first service. Our congregation quadrupled in one weekend. Wow. Yeah. So we grew this church in one week. And so now God has been so good to us. We run four services a Sunday, 10 o'clock, 1130 and 1 p.m. And then we have a 6 p.m. Spanish service. God has just been really every week, 15 to 25 people come and give their life to Christ for the first time. And it's every single week. So we've just been doing work, man. It's just been an, an exciting faith journey. I was getting paid, you know, I was getting paid six figures whenever I said yes to do this. And I mm-hmm. just walked away from all that. Yeah. I was in IT in Amarillo, you know, uh, after my cell phone store shut down, I jumped into the IT world and I was getting paid good. And God was like, Hey, and my buddy, Anthony Harris, he's like, Hey, you got to be at your church, man. You got to be open for business. And so I walked away and God began to continue to open doors for us. And now, man, we just, it's an amazing journey. I want to talk more about the neighborhood and yeah. the community since that's been such a big focus, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I guess a driving force behind your growth. Yeah, There's a lot of people, I would suspect, of my listeners who maybe drive through this area on mm-hmm. the way to Dick Bivens mm-hmm. or to go to a specific restaurant or something mm-hmm. like that, but don't really know the barrio community. Right. So describe this neighborhood, describe the community to them, not just in terms of its needs, mm-hmm. but in terms of the the pride and the history and the heritage that's here. Yeah, and so one of the things about this community is that we are very strong together. There's, we're, Believe it or not, we're extremely unified. We're, we're able to rally together and for whatever cause, you know, whether we're trying to get a name, a bridge named after Potter County Commissioner Manny, or, you know, we're we're trying to get just raise our hands and say, hey, we need a plan over here. We're very unified. Most most people around here are very hardworking. A lot of the houses are not rental houses. A lot of the houses here are owned by the people that live in them and have been owned by their parents and their grandparents. They've just been passed down. And so, you know, we take pride in our neighborhood. You know, you're not going to drive through this neighborhood too many alleys and see just dumps of trash around here. It's not going to happen. Um, we're very we're, we take pride. Now the houses may be falling down, and the houses may be falling apart, but 
the yard is nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The alley's nice. And so we're very prideful people. But at the same time, well, for a long time, we've been a very passive and, you know, let's not raise our hand. Let's not disturb the anybody downtown. Let's just kind of do our own thing. Um, let's circle the wagons and kind of try and do for ourselves. But I think there's a new generation that's come in that says, hey, you know, um, we're here too. And we are right next to downtown where all the growth and development is happening. In fact, this is one of the few actual neighborhoods that feed into downtown. Mm-hmm. Most of it's just um, industrial that feeds into downtown, but this is actually a neighborhood where thousands of people live. And so now there's a, a crop of people that are saying, "Hey, let's let's develop this neighborhood. Let's take let's take more pride. Let's not let's not just um, the citizens and the community take pride in our barrio, but let's ha- let's ask the city to take pride in a barrio." And we've made great strides. I mean, they, there's a great plan that's in place. You know, they've created new ways for us to dispose trash. I'm I'm a fan of the the new cameras that are going to be put up in the barrio mm-hmm. because I take pride in this place. And and sometimes people, contractors that are not even from this neighborhood, will come and dump out their trash in the in the neighborhood because there's just no no eye on them. Huh. No, now I I hope that there's an eye. Right. You know find out who's doing all this. Anyhow, the community in itself is is very strong. The the community is strong. We have business owners here. We have people that graduated from Caprock that have started business and they're thriving here. We have, you know, new businesses developing in this community, you know, right up the street on Ross, there's um uh, right next to Tacos Garcia, there's a brand new strip mall that's open, and then next to him on the other side of Tacos Garcia is another strip center for business that's opening up. And so there's growth. And and that's, I mean, that's a sign of strength. You know, if there's no growth, there's no strength. Right. Strength is identified whenever you start seeing growth. And so we, we're starting to see new businesses pop up. When we bought this church, man, we we painted the outside of it. We we began to make it come alive. And I think that's what's happening in the neighborhood is, is we're coming alive again. It's starting to be a hustle and kind of a buzz. Uh, people in, in Amarillo didn't even know. They're like, hey, we didn't even know we had a barrio. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, hey, that word's offensive. Well, it's not offensive if you live here. It's we are we are proud to call this our barrio. It just means neighborhood, community. Um, it's not a it's not a derogatory word. It's not a it is kind of is a slang word. But man, I'm proud of my barrio. I love this barrio. We we care for it and we see the growth in it. If you live here, you already know that Amarillo is a great place to live, to work, to grow. People love raising their families here, and our local high schools and colleges produce extremely talented individuals. But what if those graduates don't stick around? What if they take off after they graduate? Or what if young workers never get here in the first place? They don't discover the quality of life, they don't learn about it, and so they're not interested in jobs here. For Amarillo to succeed, we need the unique talents and skills that our future workforce possesses. It's that thinking that's behind a new workforce development strategy at the Amarillo Economic Development Corporation. Today, the Amarillo EDC is focusing efforts to recruit and retain the best talent to our area, while also investing in our current student population to encourage them to get involved in the local workforce. To do this, the EDC works with community organizations, with school districts and colleges, to ensure that the local workforce is positioned for success. 
That's why the Amarillo EDC is excited about the next generation of workers and is working to equip them to create innovative, beneficial solutions for the betterment of this community. You can learn more about these workforce development efforts by contacting Sabrina Meck, that's sabrina at amarilloedc.com, or following the Amarillo EDC on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Okay, we're back with Manny De Los Santos from Power Church. Manny, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. Uh, What I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. Your job as my guest is to answer those questions in whatever degree of detail you you want to. Um, As a preacher, I imagine you can go into quite a bit of detail, so I'll just let you roll with it. All right. Um, Okay, the first one, what is your all-time favorite local restaurant? My favorite local restaurant is Tyler's Barbecue. Okay. Oh, man, that place... I bring my friends, my other pastor friends that come in from L.A. or wherever they're from. You know, we they're coming to my church to speak or, or have an event here. They must go to Tyler's so I can show them what real barbecue tastes like. So Amarillo has a lot of barbecue joints. Oh, yeah, Why yeah. do you like Tyler's? Well, I like Tyler's ribs. I'm a rib man. I'm a rib man. I love ribs. I think Tyler's has the best ribs in Amarillo. The seasoning, the smoke, the smoke ring that's on every rib is just it's it's perfect to me. The cobbler that they have after the ribs is great. Uh, I will throw this preface in there. Tyler's hands down to me has the best ribs in Amarillo. The best brisket is found at Spicy Mike's. Okay. So my my favorite to go to is Tyler's. If he's sold out, I'm which going happens to, pretty frequently. Oh yeah, I'm going to Spicy Mike's. Right. And I think those guys do a great job. I mean, they just both. No one can touch them. I've eaten barbecue in Tennessee, Georgia, Kansas. And L.A. Mm-hmm. L.A. is terrible, but yeah, <laughs> nobody goes bar- to L.A. for the barbecue. No, no. But I've eaten barbecue all the places, and I'm a, I have a huge smoker in my backyard. I mean, it's weighs of fifteen hundred pounds. It's a huge smoker, and uh, so I do all that. No one can touch Tyler's ribs, and so I I I live for those. In terms of weather, what's your favorite season in Amarillo? Nighttime. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, my Doesn't favorite, matter the time yeah, of year as long as uh, it's dark and cooler, right? Fall, man. I love fall here. You know, we don't really see much of a spring in Amarillo. Um, we didn't this year. No. Very rarely, you know, since I've lived here. We don't see much spring. I love the fall because that's when you know, you know, it's getting cooler. You can hang out outside on the patio. We can go outside and have, you know, food at people's restaurants. Uh, it's just, to me... A more relaxed time in in the fall, and it's kind of the the you know fall to me is the the calm before the storm because then here comes Thanksgiving and Christmas right. and New Year's. But you know I love fall here in Amarillo. What does this area have too much of? My first um, thought would be to say churches, but <laughs> it does have a lot of churches, and it doesn't matter what side of town. There's no, churches no, on every corner, everywhere. No, I I think this Amarillo has too much dirt in the air. There's just not there's too to me there's just too much I, I told somebody yesterday there's too many restaurants like no we have we need restaurants you know and uh this question was one of the questions that I was telling you man it's kind of tough because when I think about what does Amarillo have too much of and you know the we have too much Hereford in our in mm-hmm. our in our atmosphere yeah it's one of those things that's what I think of when I think of Amarillo is what does it have too much of the smell of outside is just sometimes weird I want to ask you about the church thing. I know you said that sort of as a joke, yeah. but um, that's that's a thought I have. You know, when you have new churches being planted or yeah. churches buying new buildings, these smaller family churches, mm-hmm. you know, with maybe twenty people or yeah. fifty people, there are so many of those. Sometimes I, I wonder if maybe we would do better to 
invest that money in, into helping those churches rather yeah. than just you know starting something new or building something bigger. What are your thoughts on that as someone who's kind of traveled yeah. all, those, all those different varieties of that path? We've been that small church. Um, you know, now, now we're, you know, we're well over a thousand people that come, but we've been that small church where it seemed hopeless. But then we were very strong in what we were doing. We were good at what we did, um, which was spread the gospel. Really, that was a joke because I, I really think that we need more churches. Um, I'm a fan of church plants. I'm a fan of continued growth in the kingdom of God. Yeah, we could we could assist other churches. You know, unfortunately, a lot of churches are. We preach against pride as pastors. We preach against pride, but pastors are probably one of the most prideful people on the planet because we're personified as we have all the answers. Right. We have all the every answer you you have in your life. You know, a pastor's supposed to know it and Unfortunately, most pastors have believed that lie and um, won't, won't ask for help. And when help is, help is offered, they won't receive it. So you see a lot of churches moving into old churches because the church just died or mm-hmm. diminished. And so I, I am a fan of more churches. I do believe we need more of those. But, um, yeah, I would like to see more church reinvestment into some of these smaller congregations but you know, a lot of times it's they're very content on right, and and people love small churches. I grew up in a small church, not and I thrived in it. You know, success is not measured by size of your church. Success is measured by impact on people's lives in your church and in the community. And so, like I said, my grandfather he he pastored a church for you know forty years. He clipped a hundred members every so often. But you ask anybody in this neighborhood, they know exactly who he is. They know what he's about, and they know what he stands for. And so although his church never grew to the massive numbers that some would equate with success, he, the lives that he impacted, that who knows what that number is. What does this area not have enough of? Man, that's a long list, buddy. Um, <laughs> Give me the say, first couple things this on the area, list. When you say this area, you mean the barrio? Well, let's talk, I mean, yeah. define it however you want to. Amarillo, yeah. the barrio, whatever. Well, we don't have on this side of Amarillo is... I want to say commercial businesses. When I say commercial business, we have st- the uh, dry cleaners. We have zero dry cleaners over here. We have no doctor offices on this side. We have a grocery store, which we're grateful for, Fiesta Foods. But we would, I would, I would like to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, hardware stores, you know, we don't have anything like that. We have to everything that, like, in terms of that, we have to drive to another side of town to get. Yeah, so we don't have dry cleaners. We don't have doctor's offices. We don't have, like, optometrists. We don't have any dentists over here. Um, healthcare is just kind of not here at all. Um, just those basic service types mm-hmm. of businesses that yeah. exist all over the city. Yeah. But, like, this is this is sort of a black hole for those yeah. kinds of things. We don't have a regional park. Southwest Amarillo has South John Stiff Park and mm-hmm. McDonald Lake. Um, Northwest Amarillo has Medi Park. North Amarillo has Thompson Park. We over here we have nothing. You know, we have a T Anchor Lake that is underdeveloped where homeless people have made their home and God bless them for surviving out there in the winter and the summer. But we have a we have a natural playa lake right behind T Anchor Flea Market that has never even been in a discussion to make a a walk park. I mean we have my community, the genetically um, we struggle with high blood pressure, hypertension, sugar diabetes, um, heart disease. And so 
that would be a great asset to the neighborhood was to be to examine and look say we can make t anchor lake look like medi park we can make t anchor lake look like mcdonald lake or john stiff park we, we don't have over here another thing we do not have enough of over here is places for kids to go play sports athletics yet we don't have any gyms that are open our basketball courts at the at, at alamo park don't have nets um, we have a tennis court at alamo park that has no net we have a that East Park right around the corner from us, same thing. There's, there's stuff there, but it could be better. How do you describe Amarillo to people outside the area? I tell people it's the friendliest place in America. I think this place is great. This is Amarillo is one of the few places in America that have your, your grocery store still carry your groceries to your car. Whenever my mom came to visit, she's like tripping out because it's like, hey, I got my groceries. And the guy's like, no, no, I get it. I get it. And then she tries to tip the guy, and he's like, no, we can't accept mm-hmm. tips. You know, and so you can go to any door in Amarillo and somebody will hold that open for you. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what color they are. 99.9% of the time, they're going to hold that door open for you. It doesn't matter what side of town you're on. You know, we smile at each other. We give the the cowboy nod to each mm-hmm. other, you know. So we do all that. And I think Amarillo, I tell people, this is the, this is the most friendly place you ever go to. It doesn't matter where you're from. You're going to trip out. We've covered a lot of this territory already, but what's one thing you wish people across the city knew about the east side of Amarillo? One of the things I, I wish people knew about this community, the east side, particularly the barrio of Amarillo, is that we have the same goals as they do. We have the same dreams as they do. We want our kids to succeed just as much as anybody else. Um, we want to take advantage of every opportunity um, granted and given to us as anybody else. You know, we want our dads to thrive. We want our moms to be secure. We have the same we have the same goals. And more than anything else is, you know, we want to see Amarillo better. We want to see our communities better. We want to see our education system strengthened. We have the same goals as everybody else. Okay. Uh, and this is a question I ask pretty often of my guests. When was the last time you ate at the Big Texan? Probably two years ago. Right. Two years ago. Were you taking somebody from out of town? Yes. To... Yeah, we were taking some friends and family over there. Now, have you had the ribs or brisket or anything that you love there? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have. But the not, hesitation says a not, lot. It's not Tyler's, man. All right. Okay, one more question. Pack-a-sack or toot and totem We go to Pack-a-sack. Why is to, that? I don't know. That's just what we prefer. It seems seems they're, they're cleaner, more updated. No, okay. no real... Particularly, the price of the gas is the same. The food quality is the same. It's just where we choose to go. Okay. Do you know why we're going? Yeah, current, currently checking uh, with his wife to make sure <laughs> I don't he answered know, the man. question right. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We just That's where I like to go. All right, so that concludes the eight straight section. Manny, I like to close just by asking my guests to endorse something related to the city. So what is one thing in Amarillo that you would want people to know about or to experience? You know, I, I, I really appreciate uh, Mayor Nelson. I think she is a doing a great job in the midst of a lot of controversy, mm-hmm. in the midst of a lot of pushback. I think that Mayor Nelson is doing just a phenomenal job of keeping her head down and plowing forward with the vision that, that I believe God instilled in her. Um, I appreciate some of the people that she surrounds herself with, you know, particularly Elaine Hayes that I believe that God has just put those two in position where they need to be to to shift Amarillo into a place where the quality of life is better. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a fan of Ginger Nelson. 
No, I don't know. I don't know if I could consider myself a friend, but I'm I'm truly a fan of what she's doing, how she's impacting the city. So I, I think she's doing a good job. I I appreciate you know her really being the first mayor to come and to this side of town and be like, you know, what what can we do? You know, we have um, breakfast in the barrio that happens every, once a month where we invite all city officials, local law enforcement, community leaders from all sides of town, and Mayor Nelson, she's, I mean, she is a regular at that. And that's, that speaks volumes, you know. I say this all the time, distance distorts perception. And so the further we are from each other, the less likely we're, we're able to see the common goal. Right. Well, Mayor Nelson has just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to eliminate that distance. I'm going to get into your business, and we're going to find out what we need to do to make the barrio better. Another thing I want to endorse, and and I don't know when, again, I don't know when your podcast is going to play, but we have the Barrio Bash 2018 that's happening July 14th, where we're expecting thousands of people to come up. 10th and and Roberts, 10th Street and Roberts. We're going to block off two streets, two entire streets, and we're going to have a huge block party where people are going to just feel the love of the city, feel the love in the community, and, you know, ultimately feel the love of God through the people that are serving and volunteering. We don't preach at them. We don't teach at them. We just come and say, have a good time. So uh, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of my wife who's been sitting here <laughs> watching us. So, uh, All right. Well, Manny De Los Santos, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. And that concludes the episode. I, I want to say thanks to the Amarillo EDC for sponsoring this episode. Uh, and especially to Manny De Los Santos for hosting our interview at Power Church. You can learn more about the church at powerchurchamarillo.com. And like Manny said, the fourth annual Barrio Bash is coming up. It's Saturday, July 14th from 4 to 8 p.m. in and around the church uh, on 10th Avenue. As for this podcast, you can dig into the archives at heyamarillo.com. You can follow us at heyamarillo on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, look us up on Instagram at Podcast. If you like the episode, if you like the show, if you like the idea of a show that focuses on local people, uh, tell people about it. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Spread the word however you want. Thank you for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week.